Salt and Bone, a podcast about conjuring skills for the apocalypse. I'm Jenna. I'm a farmer, fermenter, forager, witch, and enthusiastic naturalist. I'm Kami, a supreme hyphenate artist, producer, organizer, etc., born in Scarborough into an Armenian family displaced from the Swana region. Welcome to Fair Game, where we at Salt and Bone Podcast seek to explore some unusual, underutilized, and delicious wild food sources. Join us as we hunt, fish, forage, and gather our way through the fields, forests, and waterways of our local area. This is Jenna. Welcome to another segment of Fair Game, and today we're going to make Backwoods Escargot. We are here in a top secret morale hunting grounds with Hans. Hans has graciously agreed to show us one of his uh, foraging spots. So we're here looking for morale mushrooms, right? We are. Now, do you want to introduce yourself to the podcast? Yeah, I'm Hans. Um, I'm the local dog walker in the area. And because I get to go out to all these beautiful spots with the dogs, I also get a chance to scope them out and look for uh, goods to forage. You're definitely like one of the most active foragers I know. Am I? I, I guess so. You're guess always so. finding lots like... of cool stuff and doing lots of cool stuff with it yeah. too. <laughs> I do a lot of documentation too, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'm really into like the photography aspect of it and just researching pretty much everything I find. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. So we're here. We're going to go look for morels. Cool. Let's go. So Hans, when you're looking for morels, is there any sort of like cues in nature that you're looking for, like trees or landscape? What do you think? Yeah, well, uh, generally you want to look for some hardwoods, usually oak and uh, elm and ash and alder as well. Mm-hmm. Um, often, often around the oak trees are where I like to look. Good tips. Also, you want to look for uh, good draining soil because if it's too wet, they won't grow. However, of course, if it's too dry, they won't grow either. So it looks pretty sandy here, so that might be... In it's our a good favor. Exactly. Yeah. Now, morels are one of like the first spring mushrooms, right? Is there what else, like is there any other mushrooms that kind of come up around this time? Yeah, you uh, you do have oyster mushrooms that come up uh, around the same time. I have found them at the exact same time that morels are up. Ooh. Um, also, dryad saddle, oh, okay. also known as pheasant back. Uh, they're they're kind of interesting because they have like a melon type flavor. Ooh. Not everybody's crazy about them, but they are quite good for you. They're a shelf mushroom, right? So they're like hard? They're, well, they do get a little firmer as they grow older. So you do want to get them when they're young. Okay. That's when they're in their prime for sure. Uh, you also have, you also have uh, some, oh shoot. Maybe uh, I just need to think about it for a second. Yeah, no worries. Let's see here. Well, it's really, it's such, there's so much going on in the woods right now. It's super awesome. So we have ramps, there's fiddleheads, uh, asparagus is up, you know, you can find some wild asparagus. It's so nice because after right. coming through like the Canadian winter, you're just like, fuck, there's like nothing. And it's fine. What is this? This is like second week in May. So finally starting to see some wild food. Like a good amount of it too. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Keep looking. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I, I had them like memorized there. <laughs> right? 
Yeah, another mushroom you can sometimes find is a wine cap, and you'll you'll notice that it has a, a cap, the color of, of wine, essentially uh -huh. a red wine. Um, they're pretty pretty distinct. Uh, they're not super common around here, but I have found a few before. Nice. What do you do with them? Fresh cook? Uh, yeah, you just you can incorporate them in a number of things, but uh, you don't want to eat them raw. You don't want to eat most mushrooms raw, even though they'll say that some are okay. I think the pheasant back you can actually like eat raw, but still, you know, to be safe, you want to cook them just to get rid of any like potentially toxic compounds. And everybody's body is different too. Some people That's react true. to mushrooms more than others. Absolutely. That's a good tip to remember. So if you think you're in a spot where there might be some morels, I recommend getting down low, getting to their level, thinking like a mushroom. Thinking like a mushroom, excellent advice. Just pretend you're a little gnome. <laughs> you're much taller than me, so I'm sure getting down <laughs> to the forest floor is way helpful, way more helpful. And then so, like, there's, is there different types of morels or different colors? Like, Yeah, you do have a few different types. Um, the most common ones you'll see are the darker gray ones and you also have the the golden ones that come a little later generally depends on who you ask from my experience i've always seen the darker ones first and then maybe a week or two later i'll see a flush of of yellow ones but it's all dependent on the weather too right <laughs> is this late or early from rails right now this is a little early for yeah. sure we had a bit okay. of an, an early spring yeah i think so <laughs> um this is definitely early and it's still like the uh early flushes that we're seeing if at all um, so if we get the right conditions we should see some more down the line and how late into the season are we looking for morels um, as long as it's not too hot yet um, probably until the end of, of June I think yes. I've had like good good luck you mean finding the end like of Gemini mid... season yeah exactly we're both Gemini's and we're awesome <laughs> yes they only grow for us <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, every year is a little different, right? Um, sometimes you don't get as lucky. We really need a good amount of moisture. Once again, not too much, not too little. Uh, we need the right temperatures. Usually when you want to look at the weather network and look for nights that are going to be about 10 degrees or higher. That's like for moths. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so the timing should coincide. So when, when you see like three nights at 10 degrees and some like rainfall around that time, that's, uh, that's when you want to like set out. For so those of you listening, I have a thing for moths that I have not disclosed to the podcast yet. So uh, get ready for me talking about moths way too much. Oh, is but, there going to uh, be an episode on moths? I don't know. We can't really eat them. They're not really part of the apocalypse. It would just be me going on about moths. So maybe then. <laughs> maybe it can be like in the entertainment. Perhaps. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> Keep busy in the apocalypse. <laughs> totally. All right. So we're here and we are building a, well, I'd say beachside. We're part marsh, part beach. Yeah, we're in between two water bodies and we're building a little fire because we're going to cook up some snails. <laughs> some snails, yeah. So um, we have a couple of edible snails in Canada. Um, neither of them are native. They were brought over by the, uh, by the colonists, of course. Um, we've got uh, the Sapea hortensis and the Nemoralis. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to try some of the Sapea nemoralis today. They're also known as the grove snail and you see them pretty much everywhere where there's like moisture and uh, decomposing matter. They're the ones with the yellow shells and sometimes they're just like plain yellow. Sometimes they have a, 
a black spiral on them. We've got both options here, and I wondered. Got, I was like, are they the are same? They taste a little different. Ooh, we're gonna find <laughs> this out. This one pre-seasoned. Um, and snails are amazing for you, apparently. Yeah, so they're like high protein. Yeah. They're low fat, low carb, which in, if you're in a survival situation, you want all of the things, but at least you got the protein, a lot of selenium, vitamin B, B12. iron, yeah. B12. Yes. Iron for sure. Um, omega-3 acids Ooh, too. Oh, damn. Uh, apparently more than most fish. Oh, wow. Like, based on weight. And I would kind of put them in like the found food uh, category. Like if you were on the go in like a survival situation and you need to, like you can't bring all the food or you're running low on the food that you did bring, snails are a great like protein option that you can easily collect on the go. And so I found these ones. I just went out at night into my garden where I remembered seeing them with a flashlight and they were super easy to collect. And yeah, I think it's a cool idea. Like you put up an article on snails and I had wanted to ask you to come onto the podcast to do some like mushroom stuff and some foraging tips so I was like oh we definitely need to make woods escargot because it's morale season and all the snail knowledge that we now know so that's what we're doing right now we're building a fire and we're gonna make backwoods escargot all the finest delicacies in the area, <laughs> for sure um what's another interesting yeah tell about me more yeah, about we were snails. talking about like the, the snail mucus uh oh, slime yes and how it is actually good for healing wounds and like cracked skin. Um, contains something that they call Helix Aspersus Muller, which is high in glycolic acid, collagen, and elastin. And it even has like anti-inflammatory properties. Oh, that's cool. Um, I was reading that uh, a lot of snails, a lot of the ones that you would eat in the restaurant are farmed in Chile. Um, and the, uh, the workers there found that handling the snails um, did wonders for their skin, like for their hands. Nice. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some like funny like alternative like spa treatments where you just I let snails that... crawl all over you. Oh yes please. Uh, they also, like they use it in makeup and stuff too, right? I think for like some of the water like resistant capabilities or something. I would not be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had escargot? I have had escargot, yeah. Um, I've never had grove snails, though. <laughs> no, so this is an issue. Yeah, usually you buy like the can of escargot, but I mean like, this is the apocalypse. Probably gonna run out of your canned snails, so you're gonna have to figure out how to get those real life snails. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the cool thing is, I mean, they're like, they're of least concern on the, um, you know, um, endangered species list. Uh, they're all over. Um, you could farm them I guess depending on your like yeah, apocalypse situation and have like a steady supply of these like really nutritious little guys and like feed them delicious herbs and wild plants so they yeah. taste It'd even be better interesting to see like what kind of flavors they could take on for sure okay so we have our garden snails here um, or grove snails um, so I collected these and then we purged them for 48 hours. So that is like you leave them without food and water so that they empty their digestive system. They say you can like give them a bit of water too. Yeah. And even prior to that, you can like fatten them up with yes. uh, lettuce or whatever. Um, <laughs> Fruit and herbs. then starve them. Yeah, I guess if you were like, this is, we kind of put this together pretty fast. We're like, let's mm -hmm. go out and do this. So we're, we're, we're improvising as we go. So they have, they've had like mostly a 48 hour purge and then I gave them a big old rinse and then I've had them in like a solution of vinegar and salt and water. And I've changed that a few times. And the purpose of that is to break the mucous membrane and slime <laughs> capabilities that they are known for. So it's a, uh, you know, maybe a less 
slimy experience for some. Yeah, it makes it a little easier to remove them mm. from the shell too. So we've just built this beach fire. We are gonna heat up some water, boil them for eight minutes-ish. Uh, you know, we're doing the best, our best in the apocalypse situation. <laughs> and, uh, and then I made some ramp buttercream mm. with some heavy cream and ramps. And it's gonna be pretty fancy for an apocalypse feast. And I also made some dough, so we're gonna have some like stick bread as well. Okay, so we got some snails in a pot of water and they are simmering away. Um, now, we were on a morel hunt. We didn't find any morels here, but you did yesterday. I did. Luckily, I found some yesterday, so Excellent. we're going to be able to partake in the morels after all. Because, I mean, even though we're doing this stuff, and it's like we were talking like what we were looking to, um, you know, hunting, foraging, fishing, you spend, you can spend a lot of time doing any of those pursuits. and you often can come up empty-handed, so. Absolutely, yeah, we, uh, we went into an area that we weren't super familiar with and uh, didn't end up finding any, even though there were a lot of indicators that they could very well be growing here. Mm -hmm. um, however, like I was saying earlier, we are in a cooler spot in the county, so it just might be a little too soon for them. Yeah, so I mean, you can try, and then you could always come revisit this area, because you never know, you can't really Absolutely. discount it. That's one of the best <laughs> ways to, to find them, is revisit the same areas that you suspect they might be growing in, and um, if you want to do a yearly thing, like maybe even take notes, you know? Oh, that's um, true. Record the temperatures, the nightly temperatures, the daily temperatures, the rainfall, and you'll start to see some patterns and correlations. So we're gonna boil these snails and then we're gonna add some morels. Can we stuff them in the morels? We could. Yeah. Absolutely. Or we can fry them together, but it would be super cool to like maybe put them inside too once they're cooked. Yeah. We'll see. We'll I was kinda of thinking that, like little morel yeah. cups. Yeah, for sure. Escar go, definitely. Mm. And then we have our ramp buttercream, which we just enjoyed which on some incredible. fire bread that we made. And this is this is quite a fancy thing. We were joking that it's like apocalypse french night we're having like <laughs> croissants and ramp butter and escargot you know you got to find all the, the fun you can in the apocalypse exactly <laughs> okay now it's time to eat this very intensive meal <laughs> what's your first impression pretty good tell everybody what we're eating again mm. so we've got mm. got some morels and uh some grow snails we uh, boiled the snails um, for a little longer than they recommended just because it's kind of tough to get a, a full boil on in this little fire pit. Yep. Um, and then we, we took them out of their shells. Mm -hmm. We sauteed the morels, added some of the ramp buttercream, mm. and then threw the snails in, mixed it all together. And uh, yeah, we've got this concoction of like, Morales and snails and uh, ramp buttercream. I'm tasting quite a bit of like traditional escargot flavors. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought when I had one just straight up. Yeah, like um, you can taste that snail flavor, but it's really accentuated with the ramp buttercream and again the like yeah, I think it intense morale. Yeah, absolutely, it's pretty good. It's pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. It's quite lovely. Thank you, Hans, for your expertise with the mushrooms and oh, and thank you for inviting me out. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Um, and your ramp buttercream is incredible. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Will you join us again for some other mushroom hunts later on in the season? Anytime. Perfect.
Instagram at Salt and Bone Podcast and write a review on your favorite listening platform. Let me know.